0: Welcome aboard the battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bat. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. All right, we got stuff to do. But how are you? I'm doing fine. Oh, I thought you were a little sad. I'm a little down. You're a little down. So here's the thing. Before we get to the actual topic of the episode, before we get to our precious sponsor, (laughs) I did want to take a moment to uh, to uh, lament something. And it will actually take a much deeper turn than uh, one would think. So uh, I lived in Springfield, Missouri for a while, and not really that long. Yeah, and also not really Springfield. Sorry, yes. The
1: Springfield area, pardon me. Uh, but I lived you in lived Nixa, in Nixa, uh, where Jason Bourne is from. Home of Jason Bourne. You, so you didn't... I, I would love to go back to opening Night of the Bourne Supremacy and be at this theater oh, yeah. when no one knows that 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 John Allen's about to say that Jason Bourne is his real name is David something. Yeah. And that he's from he was from Nixon, Missouri. What do you think the reaction was in the room? It must. Uh, do you think it was I'm, hoots and howlers Or do you think people were like stunned? Stunned. How could it not be? <laughs> I saw it on. And then probably I saw, a murmur.
0: Probably. Yeah. Oh, I saw yeah, it on DVD it. Um, with some friends. I saw it in Florida.
1: We were in Nixon. Uh-huh. And I'm watching like, Wait, blah, blah, blah. what? Wait. What? So how is it possible that you didn't know Mm-hmm. By the time it came out on DVD, you didn't know? Oh, hang on. Is that true? Hang on. I'm pretty sure you would have known. Someone must have told you. It was probably big news in Nixa. Did I see that in... I feel I saw the last
0: one in theaters. Maybe I did see a Supremacy in theaters. Maybe I'm thinking of the Born Identity that I saw okay. on video. That one I definitely did not see in theaters. But yeah, so it was fairly new. And then I was talking with some friends about it afterwards. And just we were saying like... like we're coming up with weird theories. It's like, surely, surely it couldn't just be Nixon, Missouri. Like they, that's why would they do that? That makes no sense at all. And so, so we're, I was coming up with this theory. It's like, maybe, maybe they have like a different one in every state, you know, like wherever the film is released, they have like a different, <laughs> a different, like <laughs> obscure town so that everyone can be like, Oh my gosh, he's like, you know, it's yeah, like, Oh, born is from everywhere, you know? And then they just, and I was, and I thought like, eh, that'd be really impractical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, it, we were just so flabbergasted. You're not used to hearing anyone say Nixon, Missouri. Right. Except for I'm
1: from and left. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, now uh, it's the, is it on the sign yet when you drive into the. No, no I, that it surprises say, me. I mean, hey, if Philadelphia, Jason Bourne. if
0: Philadelphia has a statue of Rocky.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've got. Yeah, a, oh, you should have a statue of Jason Bourne. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. What would he be doing in the statue? Eh,
0: shooting somebody probably. Okay. Have his gun drawn, you know, that kind of thing.
1: He could be disarming those two guards with a flashlight, those two cops with a flashlight from born sure. identity, right? Yeah. It'd That's be a like cool a part.
0: real that'd be a big statue, just like Yeah, two
1: yeah. Two police like flying in the air and he's yeah. like in some sort of
0: Well, and it would need to be a large enough statue to establish there in a bathroom. Like they No, the police in the, in the park. Oh, in the park, okay. Yeah. Oh, so then you could just have it in the park. Yeah, yeah. This thing writes itself. I'm yeah. gonna call the mayor. Um Who I think it actually might be me. I don't know. I think we all take a turn.
1: So uh, okay. So that's not what we're here to talk about.
0: So I lived in the Springfield area for only a few years, but they were formative years. David, ninety-eight to two thousand one. Is when I met you. Yeah. Um, and you know during that time, and then you lived in uh, Springfield for uh, a year. Year, yeah. And you know, being a movie guy, there's. There were a couple theaters in town, but there was really only one game in town, and that was the Werenberg-Campbell 16 Cine. And I saw – I must have seen like 100 movies there in those three years, but probably more, probably significantly more. Um, And that was just – it's where I saw certain movies for the first time,
1: you know? Um, it's probably where you... I mean, we talked about 1999 being the greatest movie year. It's probably where you saw most of the great movies of 1999. The vast
0: majority of them, yes.
1: It's not where you saw Fight Club.
0: No, not where I saw being John Malkovich. No, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's where I saw The Insider. It's where I saw American Beauty and Talented Mr. Ripley. I was in. I was visiting my girlfriend in Denver when I saw... And she and I saw Sixth Sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was... And then I worked there, summer of 2003, and it was just a, uh, it was, it's weird to think that it's going to be, it's It's going to be closing in a couple months because Springfield has gotten bigger, AMC has come in, Regal has come in, um, so bigger theaters and, you know, more popular, more successful chains have come in, and apparently the the Campbell 16 is is not doing well and i find myself not even, up to par even now as i'm saying it i find myself having something of an emotional reaction uh it's for reasons i can't totally put my finger on so i'm gonna
1: I'm i gonna, can what do you got uh you moved around a lot movies are a sanctuary for you yeah it's the place it was like your embassy in this place where you were that's true uh, a stranger that is uh that's not far off um
0: it's often where i felt most comfortable if i was headed there i was excited Uh um
1: if i was leaving i wasn't always happy you know but just some of my and this is not the theater where we saw 15 minutes so you don't have that uh no no what's the name of that theater
0: that it doesn't exist anymore either that was the springfield eight i believe okay um so and also there's just certain things like there are friendships that formed not as a function of that theater. It's not like I, I befriended any of my coworkers or anything, but like, you know, like friend of the show, Jason Eakin and I, like we became friends in 99, mm-hmm. went and saw a lot of movies at the Campbell 16. Like that was, that was where our friendship like solidified. You, you know? and
1: I saw a ton of movies there when I yeah. lived there. What did, what did we see there? We saw, we eventually saw shadow of the vampire there, I believe. Uh, no, I didn't see that with you. You didn't. Okay. I saw All that right. with, uh, Keith and Amber. Okay. you were Keith and Amber. Oh, yeah. um, but you and I saw we saw Saving Grace there, <laughs> did we? Okay, we saw Doctor
0: S- T and the Women there. Okay, Original Kings of Comedy, yeah, and that one that um, was a fun screening. We um, see Almost Famous. Would
1: that be right? I don't. Time know if wise, I, I
0: don't. That's probably about right, but I don't know if I saw it with you. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, and just um, I and saw
1: it, the I saw the Pledge there, but not with you. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I saw,
0: it. just, the, the, basically every movie I saw during those years was yeah. there. I mean, I would yeah. go to the Springfield 8 sometimes, I would go to the, the oh. palace sometimes, but like.
1: I can tell you what's the first movie you and
0: I saw there. Okay, what do you got?
1: A movie that I wanted to see and you were like, well, I want to go to the movies with you, so I guess I'll go see this movie that you want to see <laughs> that you had no interest in whatsoever. An action movie starring Wesley Snipes and Michael Bean. Ugh. and Maury Chaykin. Okay, yeah, now we're talking. The Art of War. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. I'm glad I we saw it. I parts of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first movie that you and I saw at the K-16. <laughs> and I
0: and I, and after that, I was like, I'm going to find a way to get revenge on David. And you know what? This whole podcast has been <laughs> at revenge.
1: Uh, it wasn't when we saw 15 Minutes. That wasn't the revenge. <laughs> no, that, that hurt me. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I think it's that, but also, you know, if I might get a little bit grander um blockbuster doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. video update where i worked for two years that doesn't exist and which also contributed quite a bit to my uh film education um that yeah. doesn't exist anymore video stores in general and now this movie theater is gone and then honestly like Man,
1: they say and like siskel and ebert are gone like just yeah I feel now for you because the saying is you can't go home again. For you, the saying is you can't go to work again. <laughs> All the places know. you worked aren't there anymore. I
0: <laughs> Boy, I hope uh, the world of uh, of uh, photo editing doesn't dry up because I kind of don't have anything else. It's a good thing I'm going back to school, you know, to get a master's in film, which will work out great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, look forward to that. But no, it's it really is like there are things that will will happen sometimes it's you know i move or somebody passes away or whatever that really makes me feel not old but that i am getting older Mm -hmm. and the fact that you know when i watched uh oh my gosh life itself when i watched life itself and it was over i cried harder at that than i have at anything for the last i'm going to say 15 years wow um because and it just and it was a very I would venture to say it was a cathartic cry. Like that was a lot of stuff being held up and it was just like really like mourning who I used not who I used to be, but like just my childhood and my formative years, because like, well, Ebert's gone now and Siskel had been gone for years. And then as I said, you know, my father was gone and you know, I, I went to go see I went to a lot of movies at the Campbell 16 with my friend Willie. He's gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these I went to go to, you know, Jen and I would go to Blockbuster all the time when we were dating. That's not an option anymore. And like and if I go back and visit my mom, I can't take a day and go to the Campbell 16, the theater where I learned to love movie where I I'd already loved them by that time. But just like where I kind of solidified my love of movies. I can't do that anymore. And it just like it just feels like doors are closing behind me and not because I'm burning bridges or anything to mix my metaphors. And so I've just find myself kind of in this weird, in a very strange emotional place, thinking about the Campbell 16 being gone. Um, There are theaters in, in Denver where I lived much longer uh, that have closed. That haven't been that big of a deal for me because they Mm -hmm. were just one of many theaters I would go to. But like there are only so like Campbell 16 was the biggest theater in the Springfield area. And for it to be gone is in, is to me insane. Cut two. An article I read today. Okay, this is news to me. Yeah, coming to Springfield, Missouri, Alamo Draft House. So like, really? Yeah. I doubt it's in the same place because Alamo Draft House is not going to need sixteen screens. Um, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the first Missouri Alamo draft house, right? I believe so. Uh, I I could see there being one in St. Louis, but if you don't know, I was going to say things, I could not there.
1: I was going to say I could see there being one in Columbia before Springfield. Like they're both college Maybe, towns, yeah. but I think Columbia is a cooler college town. I
0: don't know. Like Springfield has really been developing as a as a really culture. Like they're they develop their downtown. Like there's that that movie theater, the Moxie downtown. Like it's really they've really wow. been building up. Like that's where those new movie theaters are—the AMC and the Regal—they're downtown. Like, they're really trying to make it more of a destination. Cool. So good yeah. for Springfield. Um, but nonetheless, it's just—it uh, so, was not that when I was there. <laughs> it was not that when I was there. Um, and so it was just—I uh, don't know. It's—it's it's an odd—it's an odd feeling, especially when I look at because Alamo Draft House is a thing I know about now. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist when I lived there, and so now the thing that. That I, the person, the film goer I was is leaving and the film goer I am now where I'm aware of the Almo draft house, even though I've never been there. I was going to say,
1: you've never been to one. I've never been to one. No. Everyone loves them. I'm sure they're great. But. I find it weird for a theater to, on the one hand, be super strict about text messaging On the other hand, forks and knives, (laughs) (laughs) like uh, short ribs or whatever. People can be gnawing on, on, uh, uh, yeah. On, on chicken cordon bleu or whatever, while you're trying to watch a movie. That's okay. That's so weird to me. I don't get it. That is, that is a a weird
0: line to walk. Like unless they're served on like paper plates with plastic, uh, you know, silverware, um, I guess plasticware is what you call it then. But even then, like there's still like the scratching of, of yeah, and there's plastic. still the smell
1: of food. Yeah, like okay, so the no texting thing, which I'm with, sure, I'm, I'm bored with that. But that feels like okay, you're preserving the pure movie going experience. Yeah, right. But if I can smell someone's fried chicken and mashed potatoes, like yeah. isn't that just as intrusive? Like, imagine someone. You don't walk around a museum non on a turkey leg, right? <laughs> Isn't that kind of the the same situation here? Uh, sorry, I just got
0: this image of like a Henry <laughs> the Ape type just walking around, <laughs> surveying his art. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's tough because I'm sure some people are like, well, I mean, we have there's already food in theaters. There's uh, popcorn and hot dogs and uh, hey,
1: nachos and, and stuff. That's too much for me.
0: Right, and I'm I'm okay with it, but at the same, that's what what I, I actually am not thrilled with nachos because those make a loud crunching sound. Right, popcorn can, but it's not known for being crunchy or like not being audibly crunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like when people open up candy, it's like okay, this is like a cellophane wrapper and stuff like that. You know, isn't um, that
1: why they have the boxed candy? Like I, I think so. Yeah, because it's so less that kind of echo a little bit in the yeah. box. But Someone's no, Someone's trying to shake out that last milk dud <laughs> stuck to the inside. <laughs> That's perfect, yes. Uh,
0: but yeah, and so uh, I'm with you on Alamo Drafthouse. I'd like to go. I hear it's this wonderful experience. But it seems like, like
1: they program good movies. They have a great yeah. relationship with uh, filmmakers. Alamo, as far as a distributor, is awesome. Yeah. Has distributed a lot of great stuff. Let me ask you this. You go to Alamo Draft House? No, you go to Alamo, Alamo
0: Drafthouse. You go to hell. <laughs> I'll go to Alamo Drafthouse I mean, if you go to, to hell. Um, but no, like if you go to Almo Draft House, where it is a, where it, people get food, it's assumed. Are you going to order any food? I probably won't. I don't think. I, I will. don't like the idea of contributing
1: to it. I also don't like the idea of eating in a movie theater. That's true. There was there like was I, a, I I have I have gotten popcorn before, but even then, not very often. I don't like eating popcorn if the movie theater is packed. Mm, like I, I, I get that. If there can be some space, sure. Then I'll, like, relax a little bit, but I don't like eating when there are people next to me, essentially, yeah, uh, in a movie theater. Yeah, I don't think—and I'm sure, because Elmo Draft House is coming to downtown, I'm sure I'll go see a movie sure. there. I don't think I'm going to order any food. Yeah, it's it's
0: so weird that, like, you said, like, I don't like eating. And I was like, absolutely. And then you said popcorn. I was like, well, oh, that doesn't count, right? Um, it's just popcorn. It's not real food. But what I will say is, there's been there have been a couple of times where I find myself having to go to a screening at the ArcLight, and I have not eaten dinner beforehand, and they have hot dogs there, uh-huh. and so on a couple of occasions I've like had a hot dog while the movie is playing. I'm like, I don't like this one bit. You give me popcorn and soda, mm-hmm. and that, and I'm good. But like this feels wrong. It feels like worlds colliding, <laughs> the world of dinner and the world of a movie. Yeah, that's why people say let's go to dinner and a movie. They don't say, let's go to a movie. We all know that that also means dinner, right? Like it just, yeah,
1: it's a weird movement, but it's not, cause it's not just the Alamo draft house. There's yeah. like, there's an AMC in Marina Del Rey that, that does it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. So thankfully we were able to pivot to my melancholy,
0: sad feelings to just the standard battleship pretension, just pissed off. Yeah. Shitting on something else that else most happy. of our listeners love. Everybody's happy yeah. about it, but you and me.
1: Yeah. Um, But you know what everyone's happy about Is our sponsors Yes absolutely Uh, So everybody listen up Because this
0: episode is brought to you Oh, boy, by the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> oh, I wish I paid attention to that. I'm joking, of course. They would never sponsor us, and we wouldn't take their sponsorship.
1: Um, um, we absolutely would. Yeah, there's no question about it.
0: Um, and, and they just say, like, oh, tell them what's on the menu now. I'm like, ah, damn it. Yeah. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by MUBI, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, MUBI's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Now, Mubi is focusing at the moment on the Cannes Film Festival. Ooh. Uh, so if you go to com, you will actually see along the side there's a, a new graphic that says Cannes Takeover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the films that they are showing at Movie right now are films that uh, had a big presence at the Cannes Film Festival at some point, uh, including most recently Santa Sangre, which I've never seen, uh, Sonatine, which I also have not seen, but I did see this. It's. Uh, is it Olivier Assayas? Or is it uh, all? Okay. I say Olivier. That's kind of how I, I see it as well. Olivier Assayas is Clean, starring Maggie Chung and uh, in a smaller role, Nick Nolte. Have you seen that film?
1: No, I've seen a lot of Olivier Assayos films. I have not seen that one.
0: It's really great. Uh, I believe she won Best Actress uh, at Cannes for the film, and it is about this woman who is uh, a drug addict and just living a, a very bad life, but she is a mother, and uh, her son is in the uh, possession of her of her um, like ex-father-in-law, played by Nick Nolte, and so it's about her trying to appeal to him Trying to clean herself up and show that she is a productive member of society and that sort of thing, and it's a really, it's a really great film all around. But her performance is really heartbreaking because, because it is frustrating. You know, you see her falling into certain patterns that you're just like, oh, I, you know, you just get so angry at her, and you also recognize, like, yeah, maybe she's not the safest person for this kid to be with. Um, but it 's a really nice uh it 's a really great movie, and so I highly recommend it, but that is just one of thirty mo- movies currently available at movie and uh, there's a special offer for listeners of battleship retention you can try movie free for one month just go to movie dot com that 's m u b i dot com slash battleship to redeem now you can also click on the link at BattleshipPretension dot com
1: and uh While you're clicking on links to BattleshipRetention.com, you can also click on the one for Tweaked Audio, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. And they look great, and they sound great, and Tyler and I each use them every uh, every day of our lives um, from here uh, to eternity. Uh, And they're available, uh, these great, great earbuds are available at a low, low price at TweakedAudio.com. But if you use the offer code Pretention at checkout, no, the offer code is pretension, You use it at checkout. Mm -hmm. The offer code is not pretension at checkout. Yeah. That is definitely very important. The offer code is pretension. Full stop. (laughs) Um, That uh, really went on for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You get one third off that already low, low price and no shipping charges. So remember, it's tweakedaudio.com, offer code pretension at checkout
0: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
1: Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Now, this is going to... Uh, we're doing our yearly uh, LA Film Fest preview because yeah. um I really... That's
0: uh, not our preview. I'm not going. I got stuff
1: to do. Right, that's true. I go to LA Film Fest uh, every... This is my third, my fourth year, I think. Yeah, my fourth year covering it um for the, for the, the website and the podcast. And I've come to really adore la film fest because it has the name of our town (laughs) in it film fest Uh, california yeah (laughs) Uh, unlike afi fest which is the other big fest um it is actually named after the town and i love afi fest too but uh, i've talked about this before they serve very different purposes afi fest is a sort of like here's a way to catch up on all the festival favorites of the year so far it's in november Mm -hmm. like mid-november it's sort of like here's what's been playing festivals um it's a lot of stuff if you pay attention uh, you know to film in a uh, in, in a geeky way um a lot of the plays afi film fest you've heard of and you're mm-hmm. excited to see it's been named directors or it's been building buzz o- over the months um la film fest is very different it has a real focus on First time or not non established uh, directors. It has the L A Muse section, which is um, movies that take place in and around Los Angeles, and it is um, a great place to discover movies that you might not um, you might get on the first floor, or you might not ever hear from again. Like the, it, you know, it's kind of sad sometimes that are great movies. I remember the first year I saw uh, a really sort of charming little um, uh, coming of age story called my sister's quinceanera and uh i loved it um i'd never heard of it again it never like came out uh unfortunately but um it is it's nice to be able to uh to see that the what that what that means though for doing a preview is i don't really have a way of knowing which of these movies are exciting or good you know uh there are a few directors i've I've heard of but um for the most part and I'm just going to be talking about some stuff that I've read a little bit about. I'm not even guaranteeing that these are the movies that I'm going to end up seeing because the, as the buzz this is the you know the way things happen at festivals. Um, uh, you know, like, like I experienced uh, at my first Sundance this year, like you make a schedule, but also you talk to people in you find out what's good. You change your schedule and say, Oh, this is showing again, you know, the next day, the day after uh, I'm going to rearrange my schedule to make sure I see that. So uh, I have no way of knowing if these are the movies I'm going to see. Uh, it's just, uh, uh, I thought it would be good uh, to, like, we do every year point out some of the things that sound interesting.
0: Well, and it's fun because if you're just going by something that sounds interesting, there's kind of an equal opportunity quality to that. Because yes, you might mm-hmm. have heard of some filmmakers here and there, but in the end, it's just you go and see something that sounds interesting. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not. Maybe it's by a noted filmmaker, maybe it's not, but it's an opportunity to see new talent and yeah. just be like, oh, I got to pay attention to this guy from now on yeah even if even if the film doesn't necessarily go anywhere, which bums me out quite a bit,
1: yeah, um well, you've got to go one of these years um I don't have time for that No, you don't have time for that
0: actually I'm, i I might have time
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh this year though there are um it's now the th- it's moved around this festival, it's been in different places because I attended it as just an attendee sometimes before i um uh, was covering it but in the time that i've been covering it it's always been at the uh, la live theater downtown mm-hmm. um in next to the la live complex um by the stable center um and that neighborhood has been you know um in the 10 year 10 plus years i've lived in los angeles that neighborhood has gone from being the stable center in parking lots and a mm-hmm. car wash to being a place full of hotels and bars and restaurants and stuff so um I've been associating that neighborhood with the LA film fest this year. It's at the Arclight Culver city for the most part. It's a few other, uh, locations, but, um, this, this will be a different, uh, different experience. Um, given that it's the LA film fest and most of it is not taking place in Los Angeles. It's taking place in Culver city. Um, that's interesting, but that's also uh, a great neighborhood that I, um, I'm eager to revisit because it's a neighborhood I knew well when I first moved here because I worked, um, at the Culver Studios, uh, my, one of my first jobs, um, and that was before there was an Arc Light there. Uh, so I'm eager to re-explore and get used to uh, uh, Culver City, and also take the Silver Line, which I haven't taken yet because it didn't used to yeah, exist. Yeah, how,
0: how new is that?
1: Uh, the Silver Line? Yeah, um, a year and a half. Maybe? Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I knew it was recent, but I thought it was more recent than that. Um, yeah, maybe it is. I don't know, but yeah, let's uh, dive in and talk about uh, some some movies. Um, this movie called. 1155 directed by Ari Isler and Ben Snyder. I'm going to go alphabetically. I'm obviously not going to hit every movie. Right. Um, As I said, uh, after being involved in the fatal shooting of a local drug dealer, us Marine Nelson Sanchez returns to the neighborhood. He fled years ago amid the fanfare and celebration, the brother of the deceased learns of Nelson's homecoming and vows revenge. So that's, uh, that sounds interesting. That sounds like a cool thing. And also um, it's worth noting that uh, the LA film fest has not, as far as I know, um, outwardly, made made it clear that we are trying to be more diverse. Um, but I have noticed in the years that I've gone that there have been a number of stories about minorities and also a number, uh, a, a, a closer to societal, uh, <laughs> representation of gender among directors. Oh, okay. Um, that's something I've seen uh, a lot and I really, really appreciate that. So, um, that sounds like a cool little thriller that, um, so it sounds like they're really lowering standards. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably how they're, <laughs> how they're getting that done. Yeah. I'm joking, everybody. Please know that I am joking. Uh, okay. yeah, I, I know you're joking. Okay. Um, beyond the gates, this is part of the nightfall, uh, series, Um, I don't actually really know what that is. Uh, Two estranged brothers reunite at their missing father's video store to liquidate the property and sell off its assets. As they dig through the store they find a VCR board game that holds a mysterious connection to their father's disappearance and deadly consequences for anyone who plays it. Everything
0: about this sounds awesome and yet so very depressing.
1: So I'm guessing the Nightfall thing is a little more genre based. I would guess so. Uh, That's where That That sounds great. Who made that? Um, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to say the names of the directors and I already clicked away from this. It is uh, directed by Jackson Stewart Stewart yeah, I, that's how I say it alright <laughs> cause that's <laughs> um, who you are now here's one every um, every LA Film Fest opens with a major premiere you know I think it was like Man of Steel right. uh, was there uh, Manchester University was there last year it was Inside Out uh, just these really small yeah films. I think that's yeah. something they uh, they're doing to you know Get some eyeballs on the the festival. Um, So this, uh, but the thing is, my press pass, there's different levels of press passes. My press pass does not get me into the opening night uh, thing, which I don't really care about this year um, that much because it's The Conjuring 2. I haven't seen The Conjuring. It's good. I hear it's good, but I want to see it before I see The Conjuring 2. Sure. Um, So I don't really have, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Um, All right, here we go desierto is what i'm looking forward to because it's directed by jonas Quaron Cu- of oh the, all right uh, uh it's also produced by alfonso Quaron. Cu- they're brothers i guess okay um a unique modern vision of terror desierto is a visceral heart visceral heart-pounding suspense thriller packed with tension from start to finish starring gael garcia bernal and jeffrey dean morgan um i like that jeffrey dean morgan uh, me too and I anytime feel like,
0: he's on screen I'm, I'm happy
1: yeah I feel like his um, star has risen a little bit um, because apparently he's been great on The Good Wife and it's like last oh, season right. um, I, I haven't haven't watched that but uh, apparently he let me ask you
0: okay, can you read that description again
1: I can sorry, I, I know that I, I know that we want back. to keep
0: this short, but I just uh, no,
1: that's fine. I want you to, I don't want this to just be a list of movies. I want to talk okay. about this stuff. Oh, all right, because so, this
0: is about to be negative.
1: Uh, Desierto is a visceral, I keep saying visceral. Desierto is a visceral, heart pounding suspense thriller packed with tension from start to finish, starring Gail Garcia Bernal and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I have n- that okay, oh, there's from- more to it.
0: Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, if you want to know what the plot is, I, <laughs> I can I was about you. to say, like, you haven't said anything, except no, yeah. there's two actors in it, and there's a, well, it has a name. Um,
1: what begins as a hopeful journey to seek a better life becomes a harrowing and primal fight for survival when a deranged, rifle-toting vigilante, I'm guessing Jeffrey D. Morgan. Stands to chases reason. Chases a group of unarmed men and women through the treacherous U.S.-Mexican border.
0: Why would he chain, uh, chase uh, unarmed? Oh, I bet it's like an illegal immigration thing. I think that's, yeah. My friend, uh, Luis was in a movie called mano a mano. Um, that basically <laughs> I haven't seen it. It took them a long time to shoot. Uh-huh. And Luis always commented that like, you can see him get like fatter from one scene to the next, like just <laughs> going back and forth and back and forth. Cause it's over yep. like four years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he said it's very clear that they just basically, they wanted to make this little thriller in the desert. And then over the course of them making it, illegal immigration became like a big, I mean, it's been a big issue for like, you know, 10, 15 years. But like mm-hmm. it became a really hot button issue. And so just like they waited it out. They <laughs> they, they made a movie that became really relevant, but they did not. When they started it, they didn't care about the issue at all. They just thought like, "Oh, this is you know, it can be cheap to shoot in the desert. What can we do here?" Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so I still have not seen Mono Mono. From what I hear, not great.
1: Oh, that's too bad. So, I, w- I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I would have thought that it turned out great. There was it's one kind sc- of like a boyhood type of thing. <laughs>
0: exactly. There's one scene where uh, uh, my friend uh, Luis was like, his character's like, you know, sit like crouching behind a truck and then a real life uh you know this was not planned a tarantula crawled over his hand and he was like oh good god you know and uh and they're like oh we can use that he goes can you not please i'm not i don't want to be like a little girl i'm supposed to be tough so it was uh delightful did they end up using it i don't know if i had to guess i'd say yes oh, just good. a hunch I'm sorry. We can move on. I apologize.
1: No, here's a movie. uh, I'm well. I don't know if I'm looking forward to, but it's uh, from a director that we've heard of, uh, Mike Robiglia. Oh yeah, yeah. Who made uh, Sleepwalk with Me? Mm -hmm. um, Which I didn't like very much. I I did not see. Uh, But I let's hold out hope for this next one. It does have. I, I know. I say this every time Sleepwalk with Me comes up, which is thankfully not that often. But I'm always very interested in where PG-13 movies use their one fuck. Sure. See, Walk With Me has a great one okay. where he finally stands up for himself as a up-and-coming uh, road comic and insists on not paying for these fucking chicken fingers. There you go. That's about right. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, but Don't Think Twice uh, has a great cast. It's, uh, in addition to Mike Probiglia, it's Keegan-Michael Keege, Gillian Jacobs, Kate Micucci, Chris Gethard, and Tammy Sager.
0: Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah.
1: Uh, For 11 years, the members of the commune have reigned as big fish in the small pond of the New York improv theater world. Okay, I'm a little less interested now. Uh, While working menial jobs day after day to support themselves and returning home to share run-down uh, apartments. All right, I don't need to go on.
0: Wouldn't it be Uh, funny if that that's about about an improv troupe? Wouldn't it be wonderful if it was heavily scripted?
1: Hopefully it is a very heavily scripted movie. That's what I'm hoping. Um, Yeah.
0: Because I've seen a lot of TV shows and movies about writers that are not scripted. Uh, it'd be nice if they flip flop that.
1: Yeah. Um, this is one that, that I'm, uh, I'm certain I'm, it probably already has distribution um, because it's from the same people who made the documentary Fed Up about uh, sugar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's called Dr. Feelgood. Um, Dr. William Hurwitz was sentenced to 25 years in prison for drug trafficking, considered by many a preeminent pain specialist. Hurwitz had no moral qualms about prescribing as many opiates as his patients needed in order to fight their chronic pain and live normal lives. Uh, so he, it's about a doctor who went to jail for over-prescribing opiates. What, ca- what
0: qualifies as an opiate?
1: Uh, well, I guess if it comes from the uh, opium right. seed, right?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think like what that would, because uh, he's, he's not saying, here, just have a bunch of opium. like right. He's saying like, here's some pills. Oxycontin called-
1: might be an op- oh, opiate okay, maybe? Right. I don't know. Okay. I don't know as much about drugs as I used to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I took a, I took a class about, uh, it was one of the best non-film classes I ever took. It was all about uh, drugs, both legal and illegal. And uh, it was very interesting, and I used to know a lot of this stuff, and now I just for, just forgot it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you should see that one, and then report back.
1: All right. Opiates no, qualify noted. as this. Yes. Um, this one uh, does have distribution. Um, I know because I got an email from Sony Pictures Classics about it. Uh, it's called Equity, uh, directed by Mira Menon, starring Anna Gunn and James Purifoy. Um, with an aggressive prosecutor from her past on her heels and a strained relationship with her junior prosecutor, senior investment banker Naomi Bishop, is forced to reexamine her own ambitions in the cutthroat world she loves, one where the glass ceiling is yet to be broken.
0: All right, another comment real quick. I'm um, all for these comments. So, and... Okay, so I, I've said some positive comments as well. Do you find yourself... Okay, looking at that description, I recognize a movie's more than just its description. But do you see how you fell into doing a voice as you were talking about it? As you were doing that description?
1: Right, like I'm selling it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, know, I recognize the description is about selling it. But you didn't do that voice with every description. But with this one, it's like this... Uh, and you probably have navigated away from it already, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. But just like, it was, it's, it's just like, Oh, gonna break the black glass ceiling. And yeah. It, was,
1: it seems like an issue movie.
0: Yeah. Um, but like with a, it sounds like mono a mano, where it's just like, <laughs> all right, we just want a thriller. Uh, what's, what's an <laughs> issue. Um, and it just, uh, I'm sure the movie is perfectly fine, but at the same time, I don't know, maybe I'm just an asshole maybe. But after a while, just like movies where you have to describe it in that tone in order to sell it don't interest me that much anymore.
1: <laughs> you know? Uh, here's one that doesn't interest me, a documentary. There are a lot of documentaries at LA Film Fest. But well, you talked, said this one doesn't interest uh, you? This does? one does interest oh, okay. me. It's called Free CC and it's about, uh, Krishan Reed CC McDonald, who's a transgender woman who, um, killed a man in self-defense or she claims self-defense, right. um, and was, um, incarcerated in a men's prison. Um, and so it's a movie about, uh, transgender issues that sounds like uh it's a probably a lot thornier than uh equity and probably more interesting because of it right
0: see that's what they need to do is they need to have the same guy write the descriptions for all of these and try to <laughs> try to make free cc sound like equity yeah that sounds very interesting it sounds very dangerous
1: yeah yeah definitely um they're also showing ghostbusters hey all right they do yeah they do these series Wait, of, hang on which one uh ghostbusters. The, the real one.
0: Okay. The one with the men.
1: <laughs> the first one. Okay. Um, they do a lot of these uh, type of uh, things. I'm actually, uh, I'm kind of down on this year's selection of, um, okay, like, out of competition special screenings. Like, last year, they showed Who Framed Roger Rabbit at Union Station. Yeah. I went to that. Two years ago, they showed um, uh, Sherlock Jr. with live accompaniment at... Uh, in an outdoor plaza downtown. Yeah. This year it's Ghostbusters at Fig and Seventh. It's also Independence Day, uh, so, somewhere, and they're showing Shrek. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't get it. I guess Independence Day because downtown gets blown up. <laughs> Is that why? Because they blow up the uh, U.S. Bank Tower, which I think was then called the Library Tower. Maybe it was already U.S. Bank. By yeah,
0: though. but when people think of like the like the big explosions in. Independence Day, they think of, like, the White House. Like, that is not a film right. that I associate with Los Angeles. And Ghostbusters certainly isn't.
1: Definitely. Ghostbusters is a very New York movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. And <clears throat>
0: Shrek, to my knowledge, does not take place in Los Angeles.
1: Uh, no. No. But, uh, Maybe, yeah, like, a doesn't. fantasy version. I don't know. But,
0: uh, yeah, that seems really half-assed.
1: Uh, yeah, it just, I mean, it seems like it's, there's a new Ghostbusters out this summer. Yeah. There's a new Independence Day out this summer. I don't know what's going on with Shrek. I uh, don't like Shrek. I don't know what the what uh Donkey and Cameron Diaz are up to. Uh Sure. Last time I watched any bit of Shrek was the last time I watched I Am Legend. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
1: right. Um All right, a uh, movie called I'm um, looking for. This is part of the LA Muse section, um which is definitely more LA centric mm-hmm. than uh Independence Day. Although yeah. the LA Explosion in Independence Day is the one where Vivica Fox and the dog hide in the tunnel, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's memorable to me. Sure. A dog gets saved.
0: Yeah, the dog should die, but sure. No,
1: the dog should live. dog should always live.
0: <laughs> um, oh, poor I am legend. <laughs> That's Will Smith's character's name, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Um... Girl Flu, directed by Dory Barton. Uh, Bird is mature for her age, a thoughtful sixth grader who dreams of doing the grocery shopping so that all food groups are represented, but whose emotional wisdom starts to slip when her body begins to develop. As her first period arrives in an embarrassingly public way, Bird turns to her single mother for guidance. However, her mom is a flighty stoner who finds this milestone just as befuddling as her young daughter. Already frustrated by the recent move to Echo Park from the valley, Bird wishes everything would start making sense again. That sounds good. That does sound good. Yeah, that's why I picked to, to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and it is a, uh, it's an LA movie, although I am a bit, there's a bit of a uh, hesitation, uh, about, um, uh, recent move to Echo Park and it being a white family. It seems like it's, uh, mm-hmm. another gentrification movie. Two years ago, there was a movie called Echo Park that played there, um, that I, uh, thought was, uh abhorrent and it and it it just two years ago and it just got an actual release um and i didn't recommend anyone go see it because i hated it (laughs) but it was that kind of movie
0: one thing that i find really interesting about and i think i mentioned this to you years ago but it's it's nice that it's uh, you know consistently true um it's like all right guys we're making a coming-of-age movie it's, uh, what's the main character? Is it a girl? All right, period. Is it a guy? Premature ejaculation. Got it. <laughs> Got it. This thing writes itself. Yeah. We need a nice shorthand here. Now, don't get me wrong. The movie sounds really good, but it's the first place my mind went.
1: Yeah. Um, John Krasinski, uh, as a director has a new movie, uh, coming out called The Howlers. It's playing there. Um. Are we moving on from that? Yeah, moving on. <laughs> I didn't see, what was the last one he did? Uh, Brief Conversations with, uh, hideous, hideous Men. men? Is yeah, that what it is? I think so. Um, I did not see that.
0: I don't care for that title. Why not? Because I feel like he's trying to, like, uh, prove—just the idea of, like—I don't like long-sentence titles, for the most part.
1: Uh, See, I'm a big fan uh, of—I really want to see this uh, 13 Conversations with Hideous Men Who Stare at Goats.
0: (laughs) Or or how I learned to stop worrying.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so you got to vamp more uh, because sometimes this uh, tablet is a little slow to load. Uh Um, The House on Cocoa Road, a documentary directed by Damani Baker, uh, running a cool 78 minutes. Nice. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, in the midst of the racial violence sparked by Reagan's war on drugs, leading a normal life had become unfeasible for many citizens of Oakland, California. In a moment of inspiration, activist and teacher Fannie Houghton decided to show her children a different way of life. She and her children moved to the island nation of Grenada to participate in an Afrocentric revolution with the goal of realizing a utopian, utopian, this is utopic, socialist society. But in Granada, a U.S. military invasion threatened their safety and dreams. So that sounds interesting to me about a family who left um, federal government intrusion in one part of the, the the country and went to a different part of the world where the U.S. government terrorized them again.
0: It's like Jaws the Revenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the house on Cocoa Road. Uh, here's one I clicked on 100% just because of the picture. Uh, the picture is this thing. Idris Elba in a touch in a tux, looking very cool. Yeah, it's called a hundred streets, directed by Jim o. Uh Multi stranded drama. I'm out. Is set within one specific area of contemporary London. The cast of characters face major choices and changes in their separate lives. All right. <laughs> oh man, losing that consciousness. Lost me. As, yeah. Oh, that lost me quick. Uh, I mentioned Independence Day. Uh, Life Animated is playing, which is a movie that I've already talked about in the oh, movie right. journal, which yeah. is a. Uh, About the uh, young artistic man who um, learned to, or I guess as a boy, learned to communicate again through uh, Disney movies, animated Disney movies. Uh, It's a very charming documentary. Um, They're also showing Lights Out, the new horror movie, which I saw, um, uh, the panel for at WonderCon. Um, It looks very cool.
0: Oh, wait, no, I can... Okay, I was like, it sounds familiar. I can picture the trailer... And it's uh, scary, super creepy. Yeah. Makes me afraid to, I haven't uh, turned the lights out in like weeks. So it's uh, really screwing up our electricity
1: bill. Um, here's another uh, sort of, um, it's called low Riders, It's another sort of uh, thriller uh, with a minority cast. It seems to be a big, what was it? 1155 and Desierto. There seems mm-hmm. to be a lot of Latin American representation in, yeah. uh, genre movies here. Uh, uh, lowrider is directed by Ricardo de Montruy, I think. Uh, where teenage Danny is from, Lowrider culture is about more than just spectacular cars. It's about ethnic heritage, community expression, and family traditions. When an annual Lowrider event forces him to choose between his traditional father and his estranged criminal brother, Danny's loyalties are severely tested. The father is played by Damien Bashir. Oh, okay. The criminal brother is played by Theo Rossi. I think. I feel like he was on Sons of Anarchy, maybe. Okay. The name sounds familiar. I can't place it though. I could be I could be wrong about uh, where I know that name from. Oh here's another movie of Oh go ahead.
0: My concern uh, about a movie like that is that you know, it, that's a that's a subculture I know nothing about and it sounds really right. interesting to me. But it also sounds like they're taking something that's interesting and injecting a really conventional story. But sometimes that's enough to sometimes me. Sometimes that's enough You know,
1: just a just a new setting for a conventional yeah. story is is interesting. Yeah, to me, I guess, you that's know, true. Or, or just a new twist, you know, like um, obvious child is a pretty standard romantic comedy, but it also has this abortion plot. And that. Yeah. so just like changing one thing is can sometimes inject a lot of freshness into the whole thing. I guess that's true. Um, all right. Another um, another L.A. Muse movie also directed by a woman. Uh, Heidi Saman is called Namor. Stephen Bassam spends his evenings in an upscale restaurant among the nouveau riche elite, but he's not there to dine. He's there to park cars and all but a visible valet. Stephen is acutely aware of his dead end situation and begins to act out erratically as the bonds of his once tightly knit Arab American family erode. Stephen acts out in increasingly erratic ways. Okay. Uh, and struggles to figure out who he is and what he ought to be doing. Um, that sounds good. Um, I would have If I were an editor, I would have uh, encouraged that person to not use the word words acting out and erratic two sentences in a row. Yeah. Uh, See, I think they
0: should have sw- swapped oh. out that second one for erotic.
1: There you go. Uh, I skipped over one, actually, because it's another documentary I've already seen and talked about in a movie journal. It's The Music of Strangers, which right. is the documentary about uh, Yo-Yo Ma and the Silk Road Ensemble. Which I just saw a trailer for uh, the other day. Uh, you saw it before Last Days in the Desert, That's so right. did I. And it uh, looks really good. It's... The music's great. It's fun to look at. It's kind of a lightweight documentary.
0: Uh, that yes, that's true. It did look like that. It I'm saying that like because of someone who's seen it. It looked like a, uh, a a very a perfectly pleasant film
1: that you're not going to take much from. Yeah. All right. Here's one that I probably won't see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see in your face. You looked a little bit
1: disgusted. But it's this one's going to have its fans. Okay. It's called Officer Down. But his last name is Down, D-O-W-N-E. Okay. It stars, speaking of Sons of Anarchy, it stars Kim Coates. Okay. A young rookie cop is tasked with shadowing Officer Down, an LAPD cop waging a war to clean up the streets of Los Angeles. Officer Down's foes comprise a cadre of supervillains, including the criminal syndicate of humanoid beasts, dubbed the Fortune 500, Mother Supreme and her gun-toting nuns, and Kung Fu overlord, Zen Master Flash. The rookie soon learns that you can't keep a good cop down, as Officer Down takes a licking and keeps on ticking. I don't know. I mean it's I, torn. Yeah, it kind of seems like a like a more hyper violent big troll in Little China type of thing, maybe. Yeah. But I don't like the hyper violent. Building a movie around Kim Coates is kind and, of
0: interesting to me. See, that's
1: kind of a turn. I'm not a Kim Coates fan.
0: He's an odd duck um i think what throws me is just it's like it's like oh it's uh, violent nuns yeah yeah we've seen stuff like that for the last i'm gonna say 30 to 40 years uh it doesn't seem that exciting anymore um but i'm in you know i'm intrigued it'd be funny if it wound up being like a weird almost a parody of training day but like it incorporates supervillains into it but i don't know you should see it and let me know
1: okay uh, I am interested to see a movie called Painted Black, not just because it's named after a um, Rolling Stones song, um, but its direct- directorial debut of actor or actress Amber Tamblyn, um, okay. starring Janet McTeer. Uh, Aaliyah Shawkat, who is great in everything, has yeah. never been bad in anything ever, even in bad movies. She's uh, wonderful. And Alfred Molina, among others. Nice. <laughs> Uh, Josie is a young woman struggling to co- cope with the tragic death of her boyfriend. In the aftermath of his death, she finds herself both repealed and attracted to his pianist mother, Meredith, who holds Josie responsible for her son's p- passing. The two women are drawn into a twisted relationship, raging with equal parts distrust and blind need as they become consumed with each other while trying to navigate life without the one they love. Sounds cool. And again, great cast. Yeah.
0: You know, you know what I think about when actors direct...
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I do know what you mean. That, that, is, that could be a problem. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, some of the best
0: movies I've, uh, ever made have been directed by uh, actors, mm-hmm. so uh, I could be wrong.
1: All right. Uh, Political Animals is a documentary uh, directed by Jonah Markowitz and Tracy Wears about Sheila Kuhl, who is the first openly gay uh, congresswoman in the state of California. Okay. Sounds good. Um, sensitivity Training. Okay. Directed by... Melissa Fennell, rude, crude, and unapologetic microbiologist Dr. Serena Wolfe didn't get to where she is by playing nice. When a colleague's untimely demise is attributed to Dr. Wolfe's ferocious abrasiveness, she's ordered to undergo an attitude adjustment, courtesy of perpetually chipper sensitivity coach Caroline. With Caroline shadowing as soon as every move, they develop an unexpected bond, each challenging the other's defenses. Who's in this? Um, I don't know. Nobody of, of note? Uh, yeah, no names I No recognize. offense to, you, to these actresses, obviously. I'm sure they're great, but uh, um, this doesn't sound great no, to me. No, thank you. Um, sounds like a little bit like a trying too hard, uh, dark comedy. Yeah, I but think so. Yeah, probably not that dark. Okay. Um, did I mention that Shrek is playing? Mm, I don't think so. Did I bring that up? Now, that's the one where they
0: ain't afraid of no ghost, right? Is mm-hmm. that the one? Yeah, that's the okay, one. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, a movie called So Be It, directed by Stephen Gyllenhaal. It doesn't say here uh, if he's uh, a relation to the famous Gyllenhaals.
0: Stan, I, I could see that. I, I imagine it's
1: not a coincidence. Um, but uh, I mostly bring it up because it stars uh, Alfre Woodard. Oh, I love Whittard. her. Yeah. Uh, love and her. also the aforementioned on the movie journal, John Hurd. Yeah. Um, someone named Dash Mehawk Oh, yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah I, know he, I know who that is. I know who that is. Uh, Cloris Leachman
0: okay. Okay. Yeah,
1: this is a hell of a cast. Um, and uh, I don't know if you know who Jacinda Barrett is, but I know who Jacinda Barrett The name is. sounds familiar. Um, because she is a former real-world cast member from the real-world London. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this guy, Stephen
0: Gyllenhaal, his, uh, he is—oh, no, they're not married anymore. But uh, he was married to Kathleen Mann. Uh, he was married to Naomi Foner, and his children are indeed, yes, uh, Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, he's the father of
1: Yes. Oh. Yes. Huh. I thought he was like a new up and coming, like a younger, the oh, younger movie. Yeah, the new Gyllenhaal. No, he's, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, the Sweet Life is a movie. Um, Zach and Cody. Uh- <laughs> right? Yeah, why do you know that reference? I don't know how I know that. <laughs> I used to close caption that show. Okay. Um, so I know more about it than I... The minute I said, like, I said, I was like, I don't know anything about that show. Yeah. I don't know who's on that show. Right. But that one is a pun. Okay. The suite, as in like hotel suite, life. Oh, I got it. This is just the regular, okay. what you see is what you get, the sweet life. I got it, got uh, it. Which I point out because it stars Chris Messina and Abigail Spencer, um, actors I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like Christmas, Anna. Uh, Kenny is an ice cream vendor in Chicago with a crisp white uniform and an apathetic heart. When he encounters Lolita, a sharp-tongued but despondent insurance actuary, <laughs> All right. that type again, uh, their heated conversation, natural spark, and mutual hopelessness lead to an unusual usual proposal for a meet-cute to travel to San Francisco while they were jump off the Golden Gate Bridge together. Um, that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, listeners! If right. you, could only you, you know David something David's different yeah. than the listeners <laughs> yeah. do. I, I made a face. <laughs> uh And all right, let me just uh pick one more here. um And this one uh, also has distribution. I know from big Brigade because I. But it'd be funny. Not distribution, if, but uh, is uh, Brigade? Yeah, I think distribution because uh, I got an email from them. Go ahead. It'd be funny if you if the because you said you know you might
0: might not wind up seeing everything that you want to see. Yeah. It'd be funny if everything you wound up seeing was the stuff that did not look good to you that you mentioned here.
1: Yeah. yeah. I would love that. I think, you know, cause I hate you. Yeah. If and, I saw these cutesy dark comedies, ugh.
0: let's go All jump right. off the golden gate. Look, I like no offense. Good for LA film fest for picking it. I'm sure there's a reason they picked it, but uh-huh. at the same time, like, come on guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm free to say this cause I'm not going to go. Right. Uh, yeah, but like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it sounds
0: like <laughs> all a, I can say is, come on.
1: Sounds like a prequel to Wrist Cutters, a love story. Sure.
0: Which you and I saw. Did we
1: see that together? Yeah, I believe okay. so. At that uh, cheap theater in Pasadena. Pasadena. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then I want to uh, one more. that uh, Sounds good. It's called Track Town, co-directed by Jeremy Tyker and Alexi Pappas and starring Alexi Pappas. Uh, also, Rachel Dratch is in it. Uh, 21-year-old Plum Marigold has lived her entire life surrounded by coaches, teammates, and fans as she trains to be an Olympic distance runner. Though she excels in her sport, she's always felt like an outsider, as as her schedule kept a normal life of boobs and boys at bay. (laughs) That all changes after Plum is ordered to take a day off from running to recover for the finals of the Olympic trials. Her forced downtime, including a surprise connection with a boy who works at the the bakery, sets her on a path where she can finally see the full picture one step at a time. So it sounds like it might be one of those all-in-one-day uh, movies that that can be hit or miss, um, but the, yeah, those so those are interesting. Are they her boobs? I'm guessing her diet and workout regimen has oh, okay kept her from developing. Maybe
0: okay, maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. It's an odd. I mean, don't get me wrong; it would catch my eye, but at the same time, like if I okay, let me let me put this out there. <laughs> if I was out there, like if I was a womanizer, and you were to describe me. Uh-huh, like you wouldn't describe like like uh like oh he's up to his neck uh in uh you know dicks and, and ladies, well, it's mine, it's just mine right it first it, first I off it should be I singular, it seems odd that like maybe it's more of an issue than uh than they're making it out to be,
1: yeah, yeah, it could be they're just trying to catch the eyeballs boobs and boys, yeah,
0: hey, those are two of my favorite things uh-huh. Wait, what
1: <laughs> um so that's I mean, that, that was just a, a little uh, overview of the things that I'm excited about. I feel like we got some good conversation about it uh, uh, out of it. And I did, um, I wasn't even really looking to do this, but I did to go back to something I said uh, early on. Um, the number of movies that I mentioned that are about people of color and or directed by women, yeah. um, there's a lot of them. Uh, and yeah. I uh, I find that uh, really exciting as, as someone who's very motivated and inspired last year by uh, our friend Mariah's um, mm. uh, year with women uh, project. Um, I've been noticing more of that, that sort of thing um, trying to keep an eye on who is making the movies that I'm seeing, you, you know, you know, what's interesting
0: for me just as, you know, as I've developed as a, as a movie goer, um,
1: I recognize by developed, as, you mean boobs, yeah, boobs, boobs and, <laughs>
0: and, and my boys, you know, <laughs> Uh, oh, I have two sons. Did I not tell you that? Okay. I
1: um, thought you were talking about your testicles.
0: <laughs> oh, I call them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, as, as I developed as a moviegoer, like I recognize that that I can be excited. I can be equally excited about, like, oh, this is, you know, uh, more movies from female filmmakers or uh, more movies from, you know, other people of color, whatever you want to say. Um, I do find myself more Inherently interested in like the movies by like a Latino filmmaker or something Mm. like that or African-American or something. Um, It's not that I'm not interested in women, but that like now here's the thing. If it's a Latino woman Uh or an African-American woman, I'm more interested. But while I recognize that the life of a woman is different than the life of a man, I do feel like if they're both white. Culturally, there will be some okay. similarities, whereas like like the, the lowrider thing, it's like that's something I, that is completely right. foreign to me. And that sounds exciting. Like I have it's literally it might be the only window I ever get into that subculture. And so that sounds more interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I see. I, I, I don't know that it is. Obviously, um, I don't have to choose. Yeah, you don't have. Yeah, that's that's a great thing is you don't yeah. have to choose. And uh, at L.A. Film Fest, you can choose all of these. Absolutely. Um, or most of them. Um,
0: I'm just I'm going to go for Independence Day and Ghostbusters and Shrek, you know. <laughs> Shrek. I like to, you
1: know. Um maybe The Conjuring 2 and Lights Out. <laughs> sure. If you want to go indie. <laughs> um Anyway, um I and I don't know if I I feel like in some ways a a woman's story is different than a man's sure. in just as many ways as a as a minority story is different than a white person's. Maybe it's just you uh we respond to different Different things.
0: I think one is, and obviously this is very reductive, but I feel like one is a noted shift in perspective. Like, let's go ahead and say that it's uh, there's a movie by a Hispanic man about, uh, you know, some aspect of of Latino culture. Uh Then there's a movie made by a white woman about, you know, let's say it's Enough Said, my favorite movie of 2013. So clearly I'm not opposed to liking these. But I feel like one is a noted shift in perspective and the other is... Just a to me, just almost a, a whole other world, and so that to me is oh, more is more intriguing. Mm-hmm. But obviously, uh, another perspective is always good. Yeah. But I think if it's something that catches my eye more, it's an opportunity to see something that I'm pretty much unfamiliar with in my everyday life.
1: I like that, you know.
0: And I'm married to a woman. I get it.
1: Yeah, you know, you, know, you understand. Yeah, everything. you know,
0: they turn into women and they get their periods. Right. You know, Boobs that's how it and works. Boys. Boobs and boys. That's what it's that's, all about.
1: Yeah, that's, you can boiled down femininity yeah into boobs and boys it's
0: like the writer that synopsis read jen's uh, wedding vows
1: you know <laughs> all right uh you can find us at battleship that's where um all my uh la film fest coverage will be we'll do a um wrap-up uh episode we need to schedule that by the way Indeed. um because i can't do it on that thursday um and uh we'll try i'm not sure um We'll try to get a guest, but we usually have a guest when we do our, our wrap-ups. It's been Kyle Anderson um, in the past. Uh, I haven't talked to him, tonight. I don't know if he's going. But uh, we'll find someone, hopefully, who was there and, and talk about the movies that we saw. Um, and that'll be more extensive, obviously, because we'll have seen movies by that just point.
0: Just gra- grab a bunch of randoms. Okay. And just pull them on up to North Hills.
1: Sure. And uh, we'll take turns. Um all right. Uh, so that's the it. battle that all be at Battleship Retention. All of the uh, current stuff is there too. Uh, you can email us at David at Battleship Retention or Tyler at Battleship Retention dot um, com, obviously. Uh you can uh follow us on Twitter at uh well what am I I'm Davy I'm at pretension I'm like forgetting. Uh Tyler, you are at Tyler pretension That's correct. Um, you have another podcast. Well now you have your Survivor podcast, but that's going on hiatus, I imagine.
0: Uh yeah, quite possibly per, uh permanent hiatus. Permanent uh, vacation.
1: Yeah, exactly. For Aerosmith fans. <laughs>
0: um that, well that's me. <laughs> I couldn't I didn't even know that was an Aerosmith song, but yeah, sure. it's an
1: Aerosmith album. Um I think. Um and but what uh, so what's going on in More Than One Lesson? Uh we recently did an episode about Neil
0: Blomcam's uh Chappie. Oh, uh, with the companion film
1: Pinocchio, that's a coincidence because just today I listened to the new mixtape by DeAntvord.
0: I noticed that, and I thought, like, uh, was he listening to my Chappie episode? And was like, you know, who I'm in the mood for <laughs> is this guy, uh, th- this couple who uh, are really
1: annoying on screen. Are uh, they? I haven't seen Chappie. Yeah. Uh, I have been on the fence about DeAntvord for uh, half a decade at this point. Okay, but I still Did today like- help. I still like listening to everything they put out, okay. but I don't know if I could ever say I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I have a certain degree of admiration for Ninja and
0: Yolandi. Uh-huh. Uh, Ninja especially. For, Are, is that also their names in the movie? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like there, so much about their inclusion in the film is interesting to me uh-huh. uh, and kind of awesome. Yeah. Except their characters and the way they're written. They play them perfectly fine, but it's just like I – Yolandi's okay. Ninja, like the minute he opens his mouth, it's like, I, w- I know that Neil Blomkamp like, makes really violent movies. I want this man to die in a, a really violent way. Um,
1: and, that's uh, funny. Spoilers, he makes it. Um, Neil Blomkamp, I guess, has a thing for rappers because, you know, he. Uh, wanted to cast Eminem in the lead in Elysium. I don't know if you heard about that.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Um, That was, that was apparently Eminem was his first choice. And um, Eminem's thing was, uh, he would only do it if it shot around the Detroit area. So he could be with his kids. Okay. Uh, And they didn't do that. They did not. Um, And I think the same thing, like people want Eminem back because I think Eminem was pursued for Southpaw as well uh, before Jake Gyllenhaal. People want to see Eminem on screen people want to cast him in things, uh, since eight mile, but he's, uh, seems like he's locked into Detroit or he could just like take or leave the acting thing, which I find sure. kind of interesting.
0: I, thought it was, I mean, I thought he was very
1: good in eight mile. Like, yeah, but I like no. that It's not his, he's like, yeah, I did it, but I'm a rapper. I don't need to act. I, I kind of like that, Yeah, which is true enough. All right. This thing's uh, acting up. So, um, yeah, we'll leave it there. So Chappie, uh, Chappie, more than a lesson, my podcast, other podcasts is about, uh, television um, I literally don't remember what I'm watching this week. I know I'm supposed to watch something. Huh? Oh, well, uh, I, watch this. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to watch castle cause it's the it's ending. The series finale. And I'm sure I picked something too. I think the, uh, season two last minute finale. I think that's what we're talking about. Okay. So, uh, check that out. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.